Hello, you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is going to be on Gundam Reconquista in G, or Gundam G no Reconquista. Man, I'm having a lot of trouble with that name for some reason. Uh, but this is a 26-episode series that uh, ran back in fall 2014 and on through to winter 2015. But yeah, before I start all that, we're from the otakuspirit.com website. You can go there for our news and reviews and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our wonderful community in the form links at the top, social media links on the right side, and our little review button at the top where you can click and find our other Gundam reviews, because we've been doing a lot lately, and there's a few more coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got this uh, copy of Gundam Reconquista and G from uh, Nozomi Entertainment and uh, Sunrise. It comes in a Blu-ray collection from them, and uh, yeah, we got the copy... I wasn't actually looking forward to this one, <laughs> just because I heard so many negative things about it back when it first aired, um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of them that end up being really negatively seen, and we end up enjoying them. Yep. So, uh, why not this one as well? Uh, it is important to note that it's a uh, subtitle-only release, so uh, be aware of that going into it. Uh, but yeah, it was originally done by Studio Sunrise. It was an original and uh, the genres for it are action, sci-fi, space, and mecha. A little bit of comedy sprinkle in there as well, I would I would say as well. But it was uh, done directing and script work by the creator of Gundam, which is Yoshiyuki Tomino. And uh, yeah, it kicks off with uh, in the Regild century of uh, 1014. This Regild century, of course, is predating or postdating the Universal Universal century. So if you're aware of the Original Mobile Suit Gundam, that was the UC Century, so this one kind of right after that. Uh, it kind of follows, it gives a perspective that bad things went down at the end of the Universal Century, and going into the Regild Century, the setting kind of puts it as that mankind has created sort of a forced prevention of mankind from building quickly. They built this entire space elevator, which is in the uh, Capital Tower, or Capital area, which is called Capital Tower, uh, and then this elevator will shuttle these photon batteries from this location near the moon down to Earth, and they kind of limit the supply of these photon batteries, and they give the they give the perspective that essentially by limiting the supply of these, it will prevent the mankind from building too quickly and building uh, advancing their technology fa- far enough to go back into another war. So what they kind of leave us to bleed. And there's a lot of religion that's kind of of implanted into society as well. There's a lot of taboos to building military weaponry, advancing military technologies. Even though you do have, like, when we first start off, you meet Bellary, who is part of the Capitol Towers, Capitol Guard Academy. And he's learning to become part of this Capitol Guard but there is always like kind of like this limitation put on everything. And as it kind of goes along and you're being these other areas and it's kind of advancing, you start to see they constantly hinting at the idea of that you can't do that because that's taboo. We can't have this military increase because that's taboo. You can't fight in this area because that's taboo. You can't take this step in the the forward advancement because of this taboo. Can't tear apart a battery because that's taboo. Yeah, it's a bad thing. <laughs> Um, but that's that's kind of the the gist of what's kind of going into this this whole series. And when it kind of kicks off, you, you we meet Bellary Zenom, who, like I said, is is in the uh, Capital Guard Academy, and he's trained to become part of this this guard for the academy. 
His mother is the head of some kind of head of the Capitol Tower. Research, isn't she? I don't know if it was research or she was just a senator, whatever, in the Capitol Tower. But <laughs> she's important, though. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not discounting her importance. But during that entire that time when he's in the academy, they're going up into the uh, the they call them the nuts of Capitol Tower, the elevator. And as they're kind of advancing up there, it gets attacked by a uh, mobile suit, which they call the G-Type. G-Self, sorry. G-self. The G-Self comes in attacks, and he jumps into one of these little kind of really rugged little uh, machines, or mobile suits to go out there and help stop and, and capture her. And and that kind of goes on from there to he, he ends up finding out that this, this particular person that was piloting the G-Self is part of this pirate group that may or may not be part of the Amerian army, which is one of the countries in the, or Marian was one of the countries on earth that is trying to, I think early on they kind of hint that they were, uh, they were trying to seize the tower because they wanted to increase their supply of, uh, the photon batteries because they felt like they were not being given enough or something like that. So he ends up in some way, end up in the, the presence of the pirate people helping them out because things kind of devolve after that point. But it ends up kind of becoming this thing where you have uh, multiple sides on Earth that all want to gain control of the this uh, Capitol Tower because the Capitol Tower is funneling in the photon batteries. And that goes on to where the origins of the photon batteries and the cultures that are in, the, in space and the advancements of technology they all kind of are trying to push forward to gain the upper hand. It ends up becoming from this one isolated location where it all kind of funnels through to this kind of galactic battle for territory, trying to redesign mankind, trying to gain control of certain resources. A lot of it kind of centers around the photon batteries, the religions that are kind of keeping those in check and each group and what their desires are for going forward. I think I got most of that. <laughs> yeah, you did pretty pretty dang good, actually. But that kind of goes right into my first worry. And like I said, early on, I was afraid of this series because of the negativity that was behind it. And I can quickly say I understand two of those reasons. My main, I'm going to knock out my negativities real quickly here. Uh, my first negative is definitely in how it tells the story. It is a lot of dialogue. They're constantly talking. Even when they're fighting, they're talking about important things that establish reasoning behind each group and why they want to do what they're doing. Um, it's just that it's almost like Bakamonogatari type uh, or Monogatari series type dialogue that's spewing out while, you know, action and, and combat's happening or they're just trying to silly around in one of their spaceports, whatever. And that was really, really hard to follow. I, on a regular basis, had to kind of check uh, synopsis and stuff for episodes trying to figure out, oh, yeah, that did go down. I understood the general sense of what was going down, but trying to track all these names, because there's essentially, like on Earth, it starts out with the three factions, which is the Capitol Tower, the Amerian, and there was another one. And that moves into, like, the space pirates. Who are they lined with and that goes into the uh like uh, what was it called the Tawasanga uh spaceport near the moon and the Venus globe and the GIT lab and each one of those has like three factions with each one of them and they all have their names so it's trying to follow like I don't know 30 different names of groups and people that is just hard to follow after a while and that 
and after that point, my other frustration was in how how they explain how the characters act. I know that one of the biggest complaints of this series was is how careful it was, how it was holding all of its cards, how it wasn't it was it always seemed childish how everything was portrayed. Everybody was everybody was kind of buddy buddy with each other, even though they're technically trying to kill each other two minutes earlier. Like there's a whole scene where they they meet up in I don't know, it was I think it was in one of the nuts, or maybe it was when they got to the uh uh I think it was the I forget exactly the name of the this the place they were going, but they were they essentially they were all fighting outside and then they all kind of come in and they all go in this elevator together and they have this moment where essentially three factions are sitting in this elevator and they're not tearing your throats each other's throats out. They just got done fighting each other and nearly killing each other, but now they're all kind of standing in an elevator. And the only way I can explain that was the fact that this was essentially a society that has been without war for so long. You're talking at least a uh, thousand and fourteen years, and all these groups were never really military built. They just kind of got military stuff kind of thrown onto them as they kind of advanced the story. And so the only way I can explain it was that they don't know the consequences of their action at this time. They're still children with toys, and that's how I felt most of the movie was kind of portraying, especially towards the end. That is essentially even if they're grown ups, they're old, or if they're teens or whatever. They're all essentially children with toys that they don't know what the consequences to those toys can be. And that was the only way that I could that was the only way that I can I can explain it to myself to not be frustrated was that essentially they don't know what they're doing. They're all just people with toys doing things they really shouldn't be doing. They're not they're not to the point where they realize, oh yeah, I'm essentially killing somebody. <laughs> yeah, the the a lot of this, and I, I think I had pointed it out to Andrew at some point, it, it really feels like um, the the writer, when he got to this story, he wanted to show a, a war being fought without the consequences of war. And it definitely felt like a lot of the weapons were based around the idea of um, – disabling the enemy instead of actually destroying the enemy. Yeah, it, the end in battle was nuts and there was a lot of death in there, but it was it still felt like um Bellry was going out there to stop the war instead of actually uh jumping into the fray and killing some other people along with it. Um a lot of the 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 themes at the very beginning very much felt like it was a we have got to stop war, and I know that you guys are all thinking about fighting each other, but we really, really got to sit down and just talk to each other and all that stuff. So a lot of this felt like it kept was constantly coming out of the main storylines. I mean, I, I, and I don't know how, how I should, I mean, even Bellry and uh, Hime, the, their, their revelation about midway of the, the show was, hey, even though you guys are on two opposite sides of this these this battle, technically you're you're not so different from each other. Is that a you have a common goal? Of, yeah, you have a common commonality. So yeah, even in the in the grander scheme of the overall arc of the show, you you see these kind of things of that are constantly being revealed that are kind of anti-war, even though there is this bigger war that's coming out of the entire thing. And that was a lot of the beginning part of it was that whole taboo thing. It was like it was constantly these people were looking for an excuse to build a military. These people were looking for an excuse to advancing their forces 
and was constantly countered by, look, you can't do that. No, that's that's taboo. You're not allowed to do that. You're just looking for an excuse to do this. That was all the thing was a, we had these things put in a motion to prevent this, and now we're just undoing it all. Right. And then we're going into war, and like I said earlier, it doesn't seem like they realize what you're doing. And by the time it gets stupid chaotic towards the end, where it's literally like everybody is just doing their own thing and you're trying to follow exactly what's going on because it's just chaos. And that's exactly what it seemed to be created. And I'm not I'm not going to discount uh, – Tomino apparently came out at some point and said that he realized there was flaws in this story. But he does acknowledge that they did an excellent job animating because it, it looks beautiful. It's beautifully animated. But that there's there's still flaws in there that he kind of acknowledges. Um, but I think a lot of that comes in part due to just having too much stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of cool stuff. I, I I thought some of the the some of the most ingenious ideas I that I've seen through all the Gun- Gundams was definitely in this this particular set. Um, although, yeah, there is some flaws <laughs> that I kind of mentioned with Andrew is like. Uh, this the spin of the earth can't possibly handle a space elevator, but hey, that's me. Um, but no, there's really cool little tidbits of uh, of stuff. The backpacks with the G self that was really cool. Some of the the little uh, um, attention to detail, like well, if you're in a in a Gundam for fifteen twenty hours, you have to use the restroom, so. How would you do that? Well, that's <laughs> in here. <laughs> I spent a lot of time uh, going into detail and that kind of stuff. Their airbags was awesome, but yeah, just they constantly drinking, keeping themselves hydrated, using the restroom, showering inside of their Gundam, and it's all kind of pointing out this idea of it's it's not just cut the next sign. You just assume that they probably at some point go or something, yeah. <laughs> or so, maybe it's like Sedonia where they're all kind of catheters or something. And then and that's the some of the cool stuff that is in here. I mean, I for for being I I, I really like the, the lighter tone to the show. I I really did enjoy that. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. It did feel like it was kind of all over the place at, at a few t- points, but you know, just go it, going with the flow. I just yeah, I generally every once in a while I felt a little bit kind of bored but in the for the most part I was really really enjoying the show. I don't think I was ever bored. I think it's more of a thing of I was lost. <laughs> Some points were in there where I was just going I'm not following this and I'm feeling like I'm trying to I, I just at some point kind of just goes okay I'll I'll catch up with you guys later as it drives away <laughs> hopefully eventually I'll catch up but there there was really cool points I mean one in particularly cool point was the uh there was a battle that was happening in a particular place and there was a consequence to that battle and a person sacrificed themselves to fix that that problem. And I thought that that was a really cool point that they brought out of that that particular battle. And it also goes to what I was saying. There, there's always a consequence to war. And it felt like this was kind of a, uh, kind of a, a showing of you don't have to have a battle that that kills people to show who is the better and stronger person, I guess. And that's what I felt coming out of the entire Well, is it either that or, or the element of even if there is a battle, they aren't, like, battle crazy. Not None of these characters are really battle crazy. They all have 
their purpose, and that is always seems to be more important than the battle itself, which kind of lends itself to the idea of the innocence of battle, is they're not, they're not really realizing the consequences of battle. And they kind of point that out at some point. They're like, yeah, we're they have a lot of forces, but technically none of them has actually been in battle. <laughs> and it's like, you're talking like you, you've been in battle for a long time. You just started. Yeah. <laughs> so there's always that kind of element kind of put in there. But yeah, I... I appreciate the characters. A lot of the characters are very likable. Um, this is definitely a show that kind of puts more focus on the characters versus the overall plot because, and not say that the overall plot's not important, it's just that the characters are more lively. They put more emphasis on giving them quirks of their own. A lot of the characters have quirks. Bellary is probably one of the most entertaining main characters. He's not always... In, uh, he doesn't bug me as much as the other ones did. <laughs> but at the same time, he wasn't a hugely fleshed out character, but he was enough that he made him enjoyable. He always had a goal. And when he found a goal, he stuck that goal, and that was enjoyable. Ada, which was the Hime you kind of mentioned, she was a great character, very strong, had a lot of great moments in her. Uh, Norido, she was a solid character, didn't get as much importance because she wasn't a pilot, but still a solid character at all overall. Clem was entertaining more because Clem and Mick Jack were just kind of a great pair, especially towards the later parts. I didn't know what the hell they were doing <laughs> halfway through the show, but <laughs> towards the later parts, they were definitely probably one of the more entertaining pair going through the show. And of course, got to mention uh, Raida Monday and her Chichumis. Chichumi. <laughs> she forgot like, completely about poor Chichumi. Yeah, Chichumi became like a non a non thing at some point. I remember Chris at some point was like, I liked you better before. I was like, that's kind of mean. <laughs> I don't think they ever kind of explained I, I thought they were I thought they were gonna do something really weird with her, but then it, it didn't end up well, doing that. Well she was so. adorable and then she remembered her past and then suddenly Chichumi was pointless and she wasn't cute anymore. I don't know what, what happened there, but Chichumi yeah. and Poo Poo. <laughs> My only characters I didn't really like was definitely Captain Mask and uh, Mani. And I think that comes really in the idea that they didn't they, do well in explaining Mani. And that, that went downhill really quickly with Mani. Yeah, that was, that was probably my biggest flaw of the entire show was Mani did not make a lot of sense. I, I understood what they were doing with her, but I didn't care for it. That was probably my biggest beef and again i only explain that to myself and the idea that it's the innocence not realizing what they're doing but her words kind of said otherwise captain mask they explained them early on and this isn't really spoiler because it's like right when he first kind of shows up he kind of mentioned this idea that he's part of this uh, particular race that was cannibalized in the universal centuries and the later parts of the universal century and so I understood his purpose, but I'm like, dude, it's like a thousand and fourteen years later. You have nothing to do with that. I I understand your dislike and realizing that was your your people of your past, but a thousand years later, I don't see him being that driven and that stuck on that. Like you literally are. Yeah, I, he, no, he didn't. They didn't explain him well enough for me. Maybe if that was still a thing. Yeah, they do kind of mention the idea that they are still kind of looked down upon as like this inferior race, but they have their freedoms now. It's not like they're completely subjugated or anything like that. So a lot of difficulty in following him, especially with him and, and uh, money. Barada was awesome. I liked Barada, but yeah, Captain Mass didn't work out for me. 
all that well. Ooh, Usagi? Yes, yes, Usagi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was and that was Rock was Rock, Rock Biscuit. Pie, Rock <laughs> and his crazy his crazy leader, which we ended up started calling her uh was a lady from Chara Soon. Yeah, Chara Soon, yeah. Definitely started having those vibes from her. <laughs> but it was it was a fun cast. I enjoyed a lot of the cast. I just had maybe one or two that I was like, eh, I didn't care for that character. They didn't explain that character well enough for me, but I I in, I appreciate what they were doing with characters like the Captain Mask, but just in the end, it didn't really kind of work out for me. But you always have to have a, a rival character. That's always important. Rockcracker was a rival? I said Captain Mask. Oh, Captain Mask. Rockcracker. Yeah. <laughs> How many different names are you going to give him? <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, animation... Absolutely amazing. I, I appreciated all the animation they did in there. There was some use of CG that I didn't particularly care for, but it did well in kind of hiding it. But the 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 Gundam battles, the mobile suit battles were all really awesome. They were very high power. And that comes to kind of the thing of with, you were kind of already mentioned the idea of the defensive. You were talking about there was a lot of defensive attacks for the mobile suits. And I kind of seen that as well with just the, the battles themselves and the abilities they had were a lot different than we're used to. With the other mobile suits, it was a lot of machine guns and beam rifles, stuff like that. With this one, it was kind of moving more towards, I would say, more fantastical and magical. Like, there, a lot of them had, like, these crazy uh, photon-emitting beams of wings and junk. So it got a lot more uh, out of the realm of... Uh, close futuristic more like crazy futuristic kind of stuff with the the photon wings and junk like that but it was really cool looking they did a good job in animating all that kind of stuff and it was definitely more different than what we're used to like having a guy come out with like literally wings of lightsabers and he's just cutting up stuff like a spider or something like that was really really cool so a lot of the battles were were definitely awesome I think I've, I've pretty much hit on everything that I really want to hit on. I, I think it was a, a great release. It definitely looked great. Um, visually looked great. Um, good audio. Had no issues anywhere around there. 26 episodes was pretty comfortable to run through. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with all the negative t- negativities behind it. But I, like I said, I explained it to myself and it was enjoyable enough. So I went with it and uh, ended up enjoying enjoying it a bit. Yeah, me too. I, I I thought there was quite a bit of fun to in this show, so yeah, yeah definitely a a, a a go for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh that's our review for Gundam Reconquista in G. And uh, again, we thank uh, Nozomi Entertainment for sending us a copy of that to review and to tell you all about it. So definitely, if you enjoyed what you heard, definitely go to Write Stuff and and pick up a copy of it yourself. It all comes in one collection, so you don't have to worry about buying multiple collections. And uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. Again, we're at TakuSpirit.com. It's where you can go for our news reviews and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our wonderful community in the forum links at the top, social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. And we thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. And if you want to, wait until after the music, and you can listen to us talk about spoilers. Uh, but you all take care. Os.
All right. So uh, full on spoilers. What 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 uh, what what are you wanting to go into? Uh, there's there's plenty to talk about. Um, I I really want to talk about the uh, the reveal of the the far out group. The uh, when when Tawazanga, the the space colony next to the moon. Right, the one that that no no not Tawazanga, the one that had all the uh, the Venus globe, the Venus globe, yeah. Okay, and uh, he uh, revealed to Ida the um, that their their bodies were completely generally not much of anything anymore because they are out of out in outer outer space and they don't have to deal with gravity anymore so their body has i i don't want to say adapted but has has had some negative effects on it yeah they kind of they kind of put the idea that he was like really really old i think it was like 400 years old or something like that yeah he did say that i think and uh yeah they I don't. I'm not sure if they technically said that it was deterioration. It's just kind of a. a that's how their body kind of changed over time. But I kind of put it as deterioration because, and that's something you never really see uh, Gundam really kind of uh, go into is this idea of technically when people are out in space, they don't have gravity to help them build muscle, so it deteriorates. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, space or astronauts, when they're in space, they'll do a lot of exercise daily. Uh, to make sure that they keep their muscle built, because when they come back on Earth, not, their muscles aren't going to be used to it again. They're going to be really, really weak, and that's something that I, they, I don't think I've ever really seen them kind of address in Gundam. Um, this this one kind of seemed to hit it often. You had people that whenever they got to that, that spaceport, they were running around the loop trying to break off sweat right. so they can get they can sweat and get the impurities out of their body because they don't really sweat much when they're out in space in a suit in zero gravity. So. That was kind of the, some of the things they kind of hit on that were more realistic and interesting to kind of hit on throughout the series. Again, <laughs> going to the bathroom and taking showers and, and drinking when you're in a mobile suit. So that was definitely on there. I also enjoyed the idea that technically that that uh, that uh, Venus globe was built <laughs> because they wanted to go encapsulate Earth <laughs> and take it somewhere. So you're complaining about the space elevator and... Uh, centrifugal force or whatever and rotation messing it up but i'm like thinking you're gonna move earth <laughs> we're gonna like go over it and just gotta clamp down on it and turn on the rockets and take off or something <laughs> and where are you gonna go it's gonna freeze by the time you get past any planets <laughs> so if you're complaining about that was that was my suspension of disbelief your suspension of disbelief was nothing compared well, to mine. i completely missed that part so okay i go i'll go with that one yeah, that's that why it was pretty special too that's why it was built the way it was it was like literally like a cage that would go that was in a circle it would go around it and like what is what is it like just open up and just ride over there and then clamp down or something yeah. do they they take these big old like wrenches and go and just ratchet it up and then turn on this yeah that that was my suspension of disbelief I, I I did like the uh, the the um, the the hole in the in the in the ocean of the one of the places, and so water naturally falls out of the bottom because gravity, right? Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's also air pr- uh, pressure. It's also pressure. We didn't get much pressure in this in this Gundam because we didn't have much much uh, new type vision happening. But that was pressure. well. No, actually, I, I was gonna, once, I was, was going to ask you about that. The the did did we actually see Bellary get new type powers? Yeah, they, or kind, not. Of, they kind of he had the idea that Bellary was a new type, yes. Yeah, because it felt like he, he kept having these... I think these... Captain Mask was supposed to be too. 
was Captain Mask as well? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that part. I did. I do know that Bellary was constantly complaining about how he was getting sick. Yeah, <laughs> usually, so- usually whenever somebody died, so. I think when when Rock Pie died, that's when it really hit him. And I think the episode was even called like a, the Awakening of a New Type or something like that. So it was definitely it was definitely going on that that idea. But it was it was kind of at, at through the entire time uh, throughout the entire time they were kind of hinting at the idea of new types. Oh, that's an old kind of thing, not not important anymore. But it was still viable thing. So they worked out. Well, at least they 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 didn't just completely ignore it, which would have been probably a lot of people would have probably whined about that more than anything. <laughs> oh yeah, Tomino's got to he's got to knock out more new times to put on the list. <laughs> it's like that list is getting bigger, and I got to add five more to it with this one. What did you think of the uh, the reveal of the uh, of Bellary and Ida's siblings? I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming that they were going to be siblings. I just, I seen it coming that they were both going to be some kind of royalty. I figured it would be like two royal groups within uh, the Tawasanga, not really technically them being related. So it was a little bit of a okay. That's interesting, but it was kind of cute after that because constantly Bellary. It, it I liked it because it gave Bellary a solid reason. Like at, before, it was really just I don't really like what's happening and mom's mom's trying to help back there so I'll, I'll try to help her too and it becomes okay this is my life this is my heritage i have to help my sister i have to help her gain her goal and that was really cool to have him actually get a purpose or we don't usually get that in most gundam it's usually just i am in a suit and if i don't fight i'm gonna die <laughs> now it's a little, I, yeah, I, the place i liked, liked and it's cool it that he struggles with it too yeah, I liked it on the on the respect of okay, you have two opposing factions and kind of the two protagonists per se in in one in one faction and one in the other faction were were related by blood and so they realized there's more to our connection than just I, I'm I'm infatuated with you and and she hates him because he killed her her lover or whatever I don't know what the heck, <laughs> what the heck that was. Um, but yeah, they, so they had to overcome their differences for more reason than just we're two opposing factions. And then that spurred into, uh, going into the kind of peace talks that were trying to happen, but never really success succeeded. I don't know what it was. It, at any rate, it was it was an interesting little kind of byline in the stories. Well, the thing that I appreciated, and it was something I wasn't really sure if I wanted to put into the review, because it's technically, I don't know if it would spoil it or not, but it was a thing of, I appreciated also that technically nobody was the bad guy. Right. Like, throughout this entire thing, nobody was technically, you could say maybe Kumpa Rushita, the guy that was literally... Uh, <laughs> Walks in. Did we ever figure out his his motivations? Well, he was trying to take uh, the the Capitol Tower. He comes in, or no, he was he was in Capitol Tower, but he's he's literally wanted to militarize it, and that's what happened. Like the <laughs> <laughs> the camouflage, <laughs> camouflaging the 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 elevator. But it was literally it was literally it was literally him hiking his leg on the tower. That's what it was. I, I told Chris, he's like, why would it's he's marking his territory? Don't worry about it. But it was. He, he maybe in the fact that he was breaking taboo and trying to militarize it, but 
nobody, everybody had a purpose and it was for their own things. It was the Armenians wanting, or Armenians trying to get more photon batteries because they felt they were being kept from it. Maybe you can say Armenian army. I love the the ending with Clem driving the ship into the Armenians into his dad. But but every group had their their people they were fighting for. I mean, the people out like the Tawa the Tawa Zangas they were trying to. Uh, they were afraid of the earth people, uh, the earthenoids getting power again and coming out and starting another war. Everybody had a purpose for what they're going to do. I mean, the GIT lab guys, they had their own purpose. They wanted to change Venus Globe from being what they were becoming, which was, in their eyes, something degraded. I mean, everybody had a purpose. It's so great that I'm I'm thinking of all this stuff, and now it's like, oh, that's a great story. <laughs> Just not told well. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It has a lot of really fascinating factions and all their purposes. It's just not told very well in the end so yeah it 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 did feel like we were we were getting and and in a way i kind of like the way that they were doing it and and but i agree with andrew is it felt like it was constantly all over the place but it it almost felt like the the story was belry and ida and they're kind of going through the um each one of the factions and 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 kind of hitting on upon them on each 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 angle, but at the same time, it always felt like it was a um, let's fight each other, like a fly then walk by. in there and help, and then fight each other and then go in there and help. <laughs> yeah, it was a flyby. Oh, here's right. the real story, and then then it moves on, and so you never really feel like you get a full immersion of that story, but at the same time, it's it's kind of like. This is the reason why. Okay, now we're moving on to the next part. So you're you're always seeing the reason behind everything, but at the same time, you never really feel like you f- fully captured the entire story. And that's what sucks because you're like with the G- the GIT lab. They, they're probably a really interesting group, but you're literally introduced to them in the middle of combat, and then you're and then you're told their their perspective while somebody's dying, and then you're they're kind of just dragged along with them after that point. I almost wish they did this thing where, as it was go- doing the flyby, uh, cut the next episode right in the GIT lab and have those characters be the main characters for a couple minutes, tell their story, and then come out and battle, and then kind of move forward. Go into the, the Venus Globe, start the episode inside the Venus Globe, having them talking about what's going on, have them come in, fight, join, move on kind of thing. It just did it, It's too hard to get a full grasp of what these stories are. With these quick, let's fight, tell me what your story is while we're fighting, and then move on kind of thing. So, I don't know. You figure it out if you actually sit there and, and, and dabble into it and, and figure it out. Um, Manny. <laughs> Manny was cute. It took me a while to figure out who she was because she cut her hair like right off the bat. And it took me a while to figure out who Luin was or Captain Mask up because he had a stupid mask on his face. Was they Zeon? They were part of the. They were in that first opening with the at the Capitol Guard. No, I know you. You said that, and, and I and I agree. They they kind of implied that. To no, me, they it seemed Zeons. like they were they implied were... that they were Zeon because that's the only group that kind of went out of, unless they were maybe. Um... Kuntala, yeah, he's, he's a Kuntala. What's the? Which it might be a Kuntala, might be Zeon. <laughs> it. Uh, former lower class people, Kuntala is still considered derogatory insult. Kuntala was uh, were eaten as a substitute food. Oh my gosh, the... they was literally were eaten. You didn't hear that cannibalizing <laughs> I was talking about? I thought it was kind of a uh, a um, 
See, I don't know if they actually specifically metaphor said it. for their the Zeons were kind of incorporated into the rest of the crew. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if they ever technically said that they were food. No, I think they did say substitute food at some point, uh, but they were always kind of just point out in the show as being a lesser being and that they were going to rise up and reclaim themselves. And it was it was kind of screwed up. That's what I mean. It's like I understand his purpose. Like, yeah, if I found out that my family a thousand years ago were or my race was a thousand years ago cannibalized by all the other races that would suck i would i would hate that idea but i'm like i'm not gonna care at this point like that's a thousand years ago and it's not important to right now the only thing that i kind of driven him is the idea that it was he it was still derogatory they were still derogatory uh being known as being the kuntala they were still a a lesser group in society at this point but to just jump into a spaceship and want to kill everybody, including your own friend, like, at some point he's like, uh, you're just the next up to be amb- ambassador. It was, he was an ambassador. You're next up to be the next ambassador, chairman of ambassador, and and so you're you're a privileged, uh, privileged little boy. And it's like, what? You're going to kill your friend because he's going to be the next ambassador? Just tell him not to be the next ambassador. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to kill him. And then Manny comes up, guy, you need to die for Ke- Lewin. You need to die for Lewin. And I was like, oh, you ruined her. When the moment she said you need to die for Lewin, I was like, I thought that she was just going to be on the side. At, even at some point, she was like, we, we, no, we don't need to go that far. And he's like, no, I need to. And I was like, well, maybe she they'll did. do something I mean, with her. And then she, she says, die, Bellary. And I'm like, that, no, you ruined her. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, what what bothered me is she 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 actually did go to Lewin. And, and this is where I give him props is she went to Lewin and said, hey, you should be friends with Bellary. Right. As 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 a favor for me. And, and he kind of implied that she was very important to him. And then... Well, no, I. They have to die because he's a doggone privileged boy. It's like <laughs> privileged boy. That was really okay. What it was. Uh, and and from that point he's on, had Manny Manny was pointless. I. It was. She's just ah. God, let me kill him because Lewin said okay. I was like, go back to Barada. She was better, <laughs> <laughs> and she was cute. Manny was cute, but it was like you just ruined her. I can't follow her no more. No, right. this ain't gonna happen. Sorry, go away. Ugh. That whole that whole thing was like the bad part of the later parts. Of it. But and it was then still... they were they were fine on after the battle was done. They were fine on the side of the uh, on the on yeah. on a mountain somewhere. They were like, let's talk about the okay, ending. <laughs> let's let's move on with our lives. Why? I mean, you you Suddenly made such okay a big yeah. You made such a big deal about it in the in the last few episodes. Now it's okay because you lost. I mean. Come on. That was the issue with that final episode, and that was probably like the only real like sour taste at the very end. It was literally like the beginning of the last episode was like, okay, they're 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 coming down out of uh, orbit, and there's this big battlefield, and every but every single faction is there. Like all thirty that I was talking about earlier was there, and they're all fighting each other, and it, it's chaos, and I'm loving it. Uh, but then it's like literally. Uh, essentially, Bellary's team, like, essentially takes all the groups. And then it's, yeah, he beats Luin, and then Luin's, like, over there with Manny. It's, like, a quick cut to Luin and Manny over there cooking over a cook uh, of a a campfire, and and, uh, Clem is riding the, the, what was it, Crescent ship down into his dad (laughs) and Amarian, and everybody's honky-dory. Like, everybody goes back. Like, it was literally, like, we all fought, and we go, man, that was crazy, and they all go home. <laughs> and it's like, wait, 
everybody just doesn't care anymore. Like we all wanted to tear each other's throats out. One side wins, get, gets the upper hand, and everybody goes home. It's like, okay, I guess they had the most powerful Gundam, and so let's go home. Yep. It was pretty very abrupt. It wasn't... Well, it, that's not to say that Gundam usually doesn't have abrupt endings. I, I can appreciate the fact that this, unlike most Gundam, actually have kind of like an after story where you just kind of see, yeah, Bally goes off to, you know, explore places and... And poor Narito is kind of like, where's he at? Oh no, he ran away again. A Manian well, and Captain Master like the fact cooking. That we, yeah, I do. You get like this the fact, Yeah, I do like the fact that we've seen what happened afterwards. That's fine with me. It's just that uh, Lewin and Manny. Okay, M- M- Manny was doing it for Lewin, and Lewin said nothing. I, I will not accept Bellry because he's privileged boy. So I have to kill him. And then you get beat, and that's it? Like, his, his entire bloodthirst just goes, I lost my mobile suit, I'm good. Crap. <laughs> I'll just go back to being a, a Kuntala and just be eaten. Hey, Manny, you want a part of my arm? Oh, wait, you're Kuntala, too. I guess you can't do that. Now, it was... And it... Like, I was kidding, too. Most Gundams usually end abruptly. Like, so I'm not saying they're not abrupt endings. It's just, usually there's, like, a... A, a catalyst and everything kind of ends very, very violently. This one didn't really end violently. It just kind of just ended. Everybody just kind of goes home. And that's really where the frustration kind of comes with that. But let's say it's a bad ending. It just was a very abrupt, like literally at the, at the end of it was, it was this thought of, okay, that ended. <laughs> like uh, that's it. <laughs> that's different. So yeah. Anywho. Anything else you want to discuss? No. Spoilery. I think that we got pretty much everything. No, see, what I was thinking that they were going to do with Rodaya was that they were going to have her be like, because she came with the G self, and I thought that they were both going to be tied to some kind of system that's back in the Tawazanga or whatever. It was like this, this she was some kind of cyborg or something, and so we wanted her thought... to be a cyber new type so bad. <laughs> no, no, not that far. I don't want to go that far. Well, no, but we, I thought that when she got a cyber new type that survives. True, true. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be something where because she was so far away from that point, she lost all of her relaying information, her database. And I thought that when she got closer, when she was regaining her her memories over time, I thought it was because she was getting closer to the the satellite or whatever that was giving her information. And, and that kind of turned to, I'm thinking that she might be a, a case of, wow, they actually do have a character that is like damaged, physically damaged from uh, the oxygen or the one being kicked out of the, the Gundam at high altitude. Was it oxygen deprivation or whatever? Oh, they were actually going to have her have some actual mental damage and then she kind of just reverts and is like, okay, never mind. I guess we're not doing that either. So, okay. She no longer saying Chichimi and acting cute. She's stronger, but she's no longer cute. And she no longer cares about her fish. I don't know why she cares about, doesn't care about the fish. I thought she would have like a little cool uh, fish tank that would be on the dash of her mobile suit that she decides to ride. That would be cool. Yeah. But, uh, didn't do that. <laughs> so, she didn't. She she completely forgot about poor Chichimi. <sighs> they just dumped it on, who was it, Bellry? Did they dump it on? Norito had it for the longest time, but uh, yeah, it ended up becoming like the the mascot character <laughs> for the longest time. Anyhow, that's that's all I got. That's all you got? That's it. It'd be longer than I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> forty six minutes. 
But uh, we hope you guys enjoy this little spoiler discussion, and uh, y'all take care. Oh,